You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. This episode of Travel Tales is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audiblepodcast.com forward slash travel tales. T-R-A-V-E-L-T-A-I-L-S. Over 75,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. You're planning a vacation, an escape from the day-to-day routine of everyday life. You're looking forward to getting pampered in some sunbathed tropical island getaway, surrounded by cool, balmy breezes with the soothing, relaxing sounds of calypso music playing distantly in the warm island air. Doesn't it sound wonderful? Well, don't leave your pets at home. They want to go too. Welcome to Travel Tales, the show where you'll get great travel ideas on perfect places for you and your pet. From Paris to paradise, south of the border to the South Seas, Travel Tales will give you cool tips on fun vacation destinations to travel with your pet, pet-friendly hotels, and advice on how to travel safely and happily with your furry best friends. So get ready to pack the bags and the bones with your Travel Tales hosts, Susan Sims and Nicholas Veslowski. Hey everybody, this is Susan Sims. And I am Nicholas Veslowski. We are your hosts for Travel Tales on Pet Life Radio. And as editor and publisher of Fido Friendly Magazine, we know travel. Yes, yes we do. And we can't wait to share our years of dog travel experience with you during our podcast each week. Yeah, and on today's show, we will be talking about great Fido-friendly destinations. Yep, and we'll be talking with Cheryl Mathis, who has written a book called Leashes and Lovers. And she also coordinates outings with Fido, such as kayaking with your furry best friend. You know, I've kayaked with Tasha. Have you done that with Junior yet? Not! (laughs) I mean, really... Uh, negative answer. That was great. Uh, I'm really excited about it because, you know, being a lab, he's naturally drawn to water. We have a pond out in front of our house. And so he's jumped in and out of that and he swims like a fish. And, you know, we're by the river, so he's been in and out of that. But as far as getting him to sit still in a boat, a kayak, no less, I'm not sure how that's going to work. Well, he's a bigger one. I know Tasha was a difficult one. She's, you know, small but mighty. You remember when we did the Boise River? Um, in fact, I think the picture of us in the kayak is the one that's on the, the radio show here. But she was more happy just going in and out. Not staying in, not out, just going in and out. That was <laughs> well, her was, whole entire game. The funny thing with her is she wanted to be with the other person. And as soon as she jumped out and you would haul her into your kayak – then she wanted to be back with the other person. Yeah, and it was almost, you know, the only way that I could keep her in the boat, in my boat, was if, when I separated from you guys, when I was probably like, I don't know, 20 yards ahead. Then she was content being in the lead boat. She was like, kept looking back, like, okay, they're keeping up. It's that whole <laughs> in the front thing, whatever that's about. The number one, she must, I don't know, she picked it up from somewhere. I don't know, but I, I read, you know, we our two dogs who have since gone to Rainbow Bridge, Zoe and Maddie, uh, years ago, we tried to put them in a canoe, and that was really interesting because if you remember Maddie, she was a chocolate lab mix, and she weighed, she probably was 85, 90 pounds, and then Zoe was a little fox red lab, and she weighed in around 75 pounds. So we, we were somewhere, and my husband, uh, Greg, and I decided, well, let's just take them out in the canoe. How much fun. And, and we had no idea. And so the guy who was uh, getting the canoe ready for us said, are you, I'll stay here and make sure you guys are okay. And we said, yeah, we're fine, no problem. 
And so he just stood on the shore watching us. And as we, we took off, it started off really great. But as we took off, Maddie would stand up and she would look from side to side. And every time she'd look to one side, the canoe would tilt. Oh, and, no. <laughs> yeah. And then Zoe was up in the front. And all she wanted to do was, you know, get in the water. So we had Maddie standing up, tilting the boat, Zoe trying to get out. And so Zoe did jump in. And then Maddie tried to go after her. Well, needless to say, the guy that was on the shore kind of said, stay there. I'm coming to rescue you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't, I don't think for you and Greg, your husband, I don't think that being in a, the same canoe or kayak is beneficial because, well, let me just tell you folks, I was with, witnessed a complete paddling in circles for about 20 minutes in a <laughs> canoe where these two cannot figure out which way to, how to go forward. So, it was it was like suffering because I was in my kayak thinking, gosh, you guys, I want to help, but this is so entertaining to watch you guys go in circles. I'm just going to stand by. So I didn't I didn't do anything. I mean, I I think I just enjoyed it. Well, you know, they call canoes the divorce boat. The, <laughs> well, I know it, it, because you have to coordinate. Yeah, well, it's not just us. It's it's uh, it's well known that a canoe is known as the divorce boat. And I remember what happened is you actually came in trade places with one of us and as soon as you got in the canoe there was a a big calming influence so whoever you were with whichever one of us was your partner in there we had no problem at all yeah i think it's it's that whole communication thing once you get it together and say like okay this is how we're going to go forward you know it's the same with anything in life and i was i was thinking about this today i was thinking about the ways that our dogs inspire us and I think you know how Carol does the question of the day on, on our Facebook saying like, okay, you know, what is your Fido doing or something like that. I was thinking of having her do this question and, and how has your dog inspired you today? And the reason I was thinking about this is because Tasha has this amazing ability. I swear she knows the secret. And well, actually, Susan, if you could explain what that is. The this, secret? <laughs> yeah, for people that may not know exactly what that's all about. Oh, the secret. Oh, everybody knows about the secret. And so you manifest what you think about, that kind of thing? Yeah, exactly. So if you can think a l- just a little bit more, say, what that whole movement, I guess, is about, that movie, the book. Oh, well, it's been a while since I was on board with the secret because it got totally hyped out of out of control. But Because people felt if they just thought, I'm going to win the lottery, that they would just go buy a ticket and they would win. Uh, rather than making that the mantra for their everyday life and being in total vibration of how they feel and what they want. And and I know with Junior, he knows the secret because when I'm sitting at the computer, he comes over and stares at me. And then if that doesn't work, he puts his paw up on my knee. And if that doesn't work, then he climbs up, puts his both of his paws over my shoulder and licks me till I'm I have no sense left. And then I get up and take care of whatever he wants. Yeah, well, that's exactly what I, I think it is, is they have this, like, undeniable force of determination where um, I'm not doing anything. Like, today I was kind of, I was just kind of zoning out and thinking about what I'm going to do today. And all of a sudden I noticed somebody was looking at me, and I, I was like, what's going on? So I look and I see Tasha's just, you know, uh, her gaze just staring straight at me, and I'm thinking, okay, she wants something, right? And then... <laughs> I move closer to the, the kitchen, and she's, like, getting all excited. I move away, and she's, it's, like, no, colder, colder. And then she yeah. just stays. And then I go back to the kitchen. She's all excited. And then once I, you know, give her what she, she needs, she's fine. So it's almost like 
being able to focus on something is their just amazing ability that kind of inspires and says like, oh, okay, I'm going to focus on my day. I'm going to say exactly what I want to do. So that was one of the things I thought about today about how dogs can inspire us in so many different ways. And and today mine is focus, which maybe we should get back to focusing on the show. So Yeah, we're going to have a really fun, fun show. Of course, we're going to talk about our vital friendly destination. And I know you have a fun one that you just went to. And we're going to have Cheryl Mathis on who did a fabulous book called Leashes and Lovers and how our, our dog influenced everything we do. Yeah, perfect. So we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we will talk about a great phytofriendly property located here in Seattle. So sit and stay. We'll be right back with more Travel Tales on Pet Life Radio. Attention passengers, please fasten your seatbelts, put your seatbags and sleeping pets in their full upright position, and prepare for takeoff. Travel Tales will be zooming back with more great travel tips right after this. Hey boy, how you doing? <coughs> what am I doing? <coughs> I'm creating your own life book. It's a website that's just for you. Remember that picture I took of you pulling off Lisa's bathing suit? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Me too. I'm putting that awesome picture on your life book page. We'll see what comments we get. And that great video we took of you standing on the table with your head inside the turkey? That's definitely going on there. No, it's easy. It only took me two minutes to set up your page. I chose a great theme, and I can connect with millions of other pet parents. I can also create a memorial life book. No, not for Grandma, but we can make one for Fluffy, remember her? And we can even put links to our favorite pet charity, and friends can make donations. People can create their own life book for their pets by going to PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com or they can sign up on the Pet Life Radio homepage. Where's Lisa? She's outside by the pool. Hey, come back here. <coughs> Create your own life book for your pet. PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com From Paris, New York, and around the globe, get ready for the hip, the trendy, the uber cool where pets rule. If you've got a passion for pet fashion and a flair for animal wear, this is the ultimate place to take a peek at what's chic in the world of designer pet fashion and cool new pet products. The Pet Set, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Attention passengers, we are now approaching our final destination. The weather is sunny and warm. Ocean temperature is a balmy 80 degrees for those of you wishing to doggy paddle. Please exit to the front and see our activities directors, Susan and Nicholas, on your way out. Have a pleasant stay. Welcome back to Pet Life Radio. This is Nicholas Veslowski along with Susan Sims, your host for Travel Tales. Before the break, we were talking about getting outside and doing things with Fido. Yeah, and you really have a great location. You live just outside of Seattle, so I suspect you have a lot of outdoor adventure waiting just outside your doorstep. It's amazing. I mean, I've talked with people that have been in Washington for, I don't know, 20 years or more, and they still say that there's so much more to discover. There's, I mean, you could go off one of these major highways, you know, not too far and find a, a hiking trail that will just lead you through lush vegetation that, you know, and beautiful vistas that overlook water or just more trees, maybe. So it, it's, it's, 
<laughs> it's really nice. There's a lot of camping. There's a lot of water activity. There's things that just kind of keep you constantly inspired to do a little bit more and, and connect with nature. So it's beautiful up here. Yeah, you're you're pretty lucky. And even though it rains a lot, I, I guess you and Tasha still get outside unless it's pouring. Yeah, well... Even that, because she's such a lab, I figure, what's the difference? You know, she loves to swim, so as long as you got a good raincoat, then I think you're fine. You know, <laughs> she's and such out- a lab. She's such a lab. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm stereotyping. As opposed by to a dog, she's such a lab. <laughs> well, labs have that you know distinct pleasure of being having that affinity for water. Most of them, anyway. So. Yeah, I haven't really met a lab that hasn't been drawn to water, and and um, I'm really excited. This time of year, right now, is really is spring has sprung and summer is going to be around the corner. We've had weird weather here, so we do a lot of rainy day stuff at our house. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, as far as the labs being taken to water, except for your Maddie, I think she did the Frankenstein when she first got into the water. <laughs> <laughs> we actually had to teach her how to swim. Now that you now that you reminded me, we had a, a pool at the time, and and our other lab just Zoe just swimming around, and Maddie would run around the pool and was freaking out, barking at her like she like help, she's drowning, you must come save her. And then Greg, my husband, when we would finally get Maddie in the water, she would stand on her back legs in the shallow water she would just stand up with her her paws out in front just looking around she looked like a bear it was really funny and then greg had to lift her her butt he'd have to hold her and then she would do the most hideous doggy paddle that you've ever seen yeah it wasn't really a doggy paddle it was more like a doggy stomp yeah but she finally took it she figured it out but you would never have convinced me that you would have to uh, teach any dog let alone a lab have a swim no, you think it's automatically inborn, innate. Yeah. So, what did you do over the weekend with Tasha? Well, I'm so glad you asked. I, Tasha, and I went to. I was kind of surprised. It was in the. It was right by the Seattle airport uh, in SeaTac. And you think, okay, what's by the Seattle airport? What's by this industrial area that's full of buildings and concrete? But there's this little hidden oasis that is called the Cedarbrook Lodge and it was originally designed as a corporate retreat center for Washington Mutual. Well, that went out of business and Chase took over and they had this retreat that Chase is in the East Coast so they couldn't really use it at all. Uh, so they ended up selling the property. So anyways, it's it's still got that. They have like seminar rooms, uh, really nicely designed landscape surrounded by, you know, natural preserves. So you're, you're tucked away and hidden from what you would think is uh, right in the middle of the city. And they just, uh, they're really starting to go out of the way for people traveling with their dogs. I mean, Tasha dined al fresco with ribs, peas, potatoes, and Voss water, you know, while she listened to the <laughs> tranquil waterfall in the background and, and grass and uh, maitre d' pouring water for her. So it was, it was a really nice weekend and just having the ability to, to see what people can really do with a property if they put a lot of attention into it. You know, the location is very important. Everybody likes to go to a destination, but if you can just have a little bit of a breather from being in the city, this was probably the model property for that. And what was it called again? The Cedarbrook Lodge. Cedarbrook Lodge. I looked online when you told me you were going to be, you know, going out there over the weekend and it really is beautiful. I mean, they have like Zen-like gardens and a little waterfall going on. It, it's really quite surprising. Yeah, and you know the only thing that they need to add to it is spa, Cedarbrook Lodge and spa. Ah. And then we'll be in business. Then I'll review again. I'll say, okay, I'm coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they should have the spa for you and for your dog. 
I agree. Like the one that we did um, when I went to, into Colorado, I'll tell you right, that one was fun. Okay, so here's the ultimate trip for anybody that's traveling with their dog. There was a hotel in Telluride called the Peaks Resort. It has changed hands so many times, I don't even know what the name is, but I know the location. It's right there, right in the middle of Telluride. And there was a five-diamond resort, and it was a ski-in, ski-out. And one morning, I went downstairs. I left Tasha in her crate in her room, and I went out and skied with the instructor. Well, somebody from the hotel spa staff came, took Tasha out on a two- to three-hour hike while I was out skiing. Brought her back to the doggy spa portion of their world-renowned Golden Door Spa. Gave her a pedicure or podicure. Groomed her. Put her back in my room and fed her. And by the time I got back from my ski trip out in the day, she could barely get out of the crate. She was so <laughs> exhausted from having the time of her life. I mean, I couldn't. And then we just sat back and drank wine. Well, I drank wine. She watched and watched the sunset and tell you right. I mean, that's... <laughs> That's living it right there. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I remember that. They, we wrote about that in the Fido Friendly magazine. They had some great pictures. And Telluride is such an awesome place anyway because they have those gondolas that have designated pet gondolas. So the town, there's there's actually two towns. They've got the, the regular town and you get the gondola. It takes you up to, uh, I think it's called Mountain... They, I, I can't remember, but it's it's different. It's it's still part of Telluride, but you can wait for your designated pet gondola comes around. There's a sticker on there. They have a cat and a dog, so it's like every third or fifth gondola has a designated car for you and your dog, and you just get on and and take it up to the top. It's amazing. Yeah, it's the funniest thing when you actually see your dog for the first time getting in a gondola. You're just like, okay, how's it gonna go? <laughs> It's, you know, they do that cowering, like, I think I'm going to go forward, but I'm not really sure what you're getting me into. And then yeah. they get into the gondola, and then they enjoy the view. I think as long as you keep your cool and feel like you're safe, the, the dogs follow that lead, so... Yeah. Well, we, we have so much fun with our pets. And I know um, our next guest coming up, Cheryl Mathis, is going to talk to us about how important they are in uh, to our dating and relationship realm. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be talking with Cheryl Mathis, author of Leashes and Lovers. So sit and stay. We'll be right back with more Travel Tales on Pet Life Radio. Attention passengers, please fasten your seatbelts, put your seatbacks and sleeping pets in their full upright position, and prepare for takeoff. Travel Tales will be zooming back with more great travel tips right after this. Hey, love to read, but just never seem to have enough time to sit in one place long enough? For all of us on-the-go people, Audible has the answer. Best-selling audiobooks for your iPod or MP3 player. For Pet Life Radio listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. Choose from hundreds of today's bestsellers, including awesome pet books, such as Bad Dogs Have More Fun by Marley and the author John Grogan, Love That Cat by Ingrid Newkirk, It's Okay to Miss the Bed on the First Jump, and Other Life lessons I learned from dogs by Seinfeld's John O'Hurley and many, many more. To download your free audiobook today, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash travel tales, T-R-A-V-E-L-T-A-I-L-S. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com forward slash travel tales for your free audiobook. Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. 
From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore, every week on demand. This is the place for a special paparazzi treat, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Attention passengers, we are now approaching our final destination. The weather is sunny and warm. Ocean temperature is a balmy 80 degrees for those of you wishing to doggy paddle. Please exit to the front and see our activities directors, Susan and Nicholas, on your way out. Have a pleasant stay. Welcome back to Pet Life Radio. This is Nicholas Veslowski along with Susan Sims, your host for Travel Tales. On the line is Cheryl Mathis, a contributor to Fido Friendly Magazine and author of Leashes and Lovers. Hey, Cheryl. Welcome to the show. Well, hi, Nicholas. Hi, Susan. Hi. Hey, for those listeners that are not familiar with your book, Leashes and Lovers, tell us what it is about and why did you write the book? Oh, yeah. I'm so excited about it Um, because Leashes and Lovers was an online social community. It still is, and we do events. But it also, because of that, it turned into a book. And so Leashes and Lovers is really all about how to unleash the secrets to a better life and how a dog's view can teach you to attract the life you want and improve your relationships. And, you know, whether that's with a special someone, a spouse, or your friends and your family. And I wrote the book because of all the amazing and, and touching stories of dog lovers, as well as those from celebrities like Cesar Milan and Richard Belzer and Howard Stern and Rachel Ray. So some of the points I touch on in the book are how to explore what's missing from your life and how to make it whole, make the best of a breakup and decide who gets the dog and also handle jealousy and your emotions. So a lot of that's all covered in the book as well as taking you through your life stages from everything from dating to being a couple and handling how to become one happy pack when you're merging those dog houses to even how your dogs impact your friendships and your extended family. Wow, that sounds great. You know, you mentioned something um, very close to my heart, and that was, uh, well, not only relationships, but the fact of when a relationship is over, who gets the dog? Now, when I ended my last relationship, a long-term where we actually got Tasha, it really wasn't a negotiation, so to say, as I just said, the dog's coming with me. I mean, do you <laughs> do you have anything to help people that are on the other end to deal with that? Because, I mean, really, I think when it came down to it, you know, she was my dog and it was, there was no question about it. So that has to be one of the hardest things I think people have to deal with. It is. And luckily in your case, it seemed pretty clear cut. You know, it's probably understood between the two of you that it really was more your dog. So that probably made it easier for you. But it can be a really sticky situation and there are no national guidelines. It really depends from state to state how that's handled. And unfortunately, still these days in so many states, um, dogs and cats, for that matter, are considered property. So they're divvied up just as if you would a couch or a chair. Um, So what I recommend, especially I cover an entire chapter on this in the book, is that um, if you can make basically like a pre-pup, a prenup on your your pup, uh, to spell it out in advance so hopefully the the emotions don't get the best of you should something like that happen. And um, some of the uh, suggestions I mentioned to you in the book are, you know, if you're going to do visitation, that maybe you give it a trial run and make sure it really does work for both of you because that can become awkward as time goes on. I have a question because now that the book is out, are you finding that people are turning to you for this type of advice more more so than before? 
Oh, definitely. I mean, people would ask me a lot of questions in general at the events of Leashes and Lovers and maybe how to train their dog or stop at peeing in a corner, but it always did have to do more <laughs> with them. <laughs> Why is my dog running behind the couch? Yeah, making marks. But um, but now especially, and, and all the while, I've really been asking them more relationship questions, though. So yeah, especially with the book, it really helps now. I give, I think, give people a clear picture that you know these things really do come up. If you're dating, are you going to introduce your pet right away to who you may date, or are you going to wait until the third date? Um, and then just also even when you do merge together as a couple, that you are. All, on the same page in terms of how you are going to discipline your dog and exercise your dog, all those kind of things. Yeah, that's really interesting. Let's get to that really one fun question when I was looking (laughs) through this. I could not believe that this is actually possible, but it is called the seven second rule. And if you can please explain that, I think that this this is great that you have this in your book. Oh, good. Yeah, I love this one. And I was just so astounded when I came across it. But in seven seconds of sniffing, your dog sniffing another dog, your dog will know that other dog's age, sex, demeanor, health, and mood. And, you know, we're only usually guessing at that when we see somebody, but they can detect that through their sense of smell because their smell receptors are so much greater than ours, like a thousand times greater. But that they can even, what really amazed me is that they would even know the health and the demeanor of another dog and um i I had two greyhounds and for the longest time even over the years they would still sniff each other almost every day and i would think don't you know each other by now but once i (laughs) once i learned all that you know things change every day how they're feeling their demeanor and their mood and now does that translate into actually meeting a you know potential partner when you bring your dog to that first encounter with somebody you're going to start dating well, you know, in the hundreds of dog lovers that I did interview, and especially women, women will say they put a lot of faith in their dog in terms of whether <laughs> there will be a second date. So they really do let Fido a lot of times determine and, and you know, take that test factor to the person that uh, may, may join in the pack. It's too bad that we don't know how to do that. I think that would save everybody a lot of trouble. Wouldn't it, though? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like I said, we're just usually guessing and assuming, and lots of times we're wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can count on my hands. Well, of course, I've been blissfully married for 26 years, so all those uh, those relationships that went wrong are just a distant memory. So, um, But I still sniff my <laughs> husband every morning. He he still smells pretty good. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it keep it, keeping it fresh, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Should you be saying this in front of your son? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> he's a little strange. <laughs> it was very healthy growing up. All that affection, it kind of rubbed off. So it's like, it okay, is. That's it's a good weird. thing. See, it's wonderful that we love to show affections to our, affection to our dogs and our dogs are comfortable with gaining that from us. And then especially, you know, our dogs want us to have loving relationships with humans in our life too. So it is, it's a, it's a very wonderful environment when you can feel affectionate in front of each other and, and feel good about that. Well, I bet you that, you know, actually going, this makes a lot of sense. If you're, let's say, interviewing and you bring your dog, how affectionate that person is towards your dog will give you an indicator of how affectionate they might be in the relationship towards you or, you know, anything. Completely. Yes, completely. And I think it's a real interesting gauge and people really do look at that. How you treat your dog in front of other people is going to be the first factor that they pick up on as to how you may treat them so right if you're lovey-dovey or you're kissing your dog or you're speaking to your dog nicely and gently and 
Um, you know, there's nothing more uncomfortable when we see someone maybe yelling at their dog or yanking on its leash. And so you do wonder if that may translate into how they may treat you. Well, yeah. do you ever find it that uh, sometimes uh, people have their dogs as too much of a focus instead of really kind of getting, okay, you know, it's connecting with the dog, but let's connect with people. Do dogs kind of run over uh, too much of their their focus? They certainly could. And, you know, there, there becomes a line in the sand that I think you need to draw. And I touch on a lot of that in the book of certainly that we'd be loving and affectionate with our dogs, but where we do... Um, you know, maybe where we may cross that line and depending what stage we are in our life, if we're looking for a date, then we may want to um, be honest that we are dog lovers right from the start and on that first date, but not spend more time gushing about our dog and, and going on and on about this sure that we involve the person too and asking things about them but but it, also though along with that our dogs really can be the perfect icebreakers and a natural way to start a conversation and ease us into other things and something i know refreshing in a lot of the events with leashes and lovers is people will say that they'll spend the entire time talking with one another about what they like to do with their dog or if they did have a dog, what they would do, and never really get around to what they do for a living. And they said actually on those initial dates or meets that it was really refreshing to not go down the whole work path and, you know, are we good enough for one another, but really kind of getting to know the true sense of someone based on just what they like to do for fun and what they'd like to do with a dog. I know you had, you had mentioned these different um – the different meetups that you have uh, with your groups and Leashes and Levers. I know from the website, leashesandlevers.com, you have a lot of summer fun lined up. Oh, we do. I'm really excited about this summer. We always do the cocktail parties, but along with um, warmer weather, we're able to do things like kayaking. So we have a few of those coming up. And we also have hikes, which we call Hike and Hound. And we've had even this spring, and we'll do them again in the fall, what we call Dog Beach and Vine. And we go into the Hamptons and we do wine tours. Woo, fun. Yeah. Yeah. So there's lots of different things from, uh, yeah, getting out on the water, getting in the water to, or just sitting back and having a sip of wine. Now, can you explain how people can actually have a cocktail party with dogs? And are they on the leash? Are they actually on leash talking with lovers? Or are they just kind of wandering around aimlessly uh, mingling amongst other dogs? Well, both. Actually, in most of our events, the dogs are off leash. And we'll have these in cocktail settings, cocktail lounges. And I think actually it makes everyone more comfortable. And what's incredible is you hardly ever hear a dog bark. It's as if they're so quiet and they know that they're out for a night that's, you know, not always, uh, it was something a little out of the ordinary that they get to share with, uh, with their best friend and making new friends themselves. So, you know, we've certainly had a lot of people connect their dogs to one another, make new friends, some dog play dates or, or maybe even find a date for themselves. But we, it's really pretty much open to any dog lover who would like to attend. And, and for those who can't be it, right in the area that we have some of these, I also have online where people can make a profile of themselves and their dog, but you don't have to have a dog to do it. But we're calling it the Leashes and Lovers Club. So people can make the profile, connect with one another that way, whether it's for the same breed or a dog play date. Uh, virtually, or it could be even, you know, just for more friends or a date. Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds like a, that sounds like a great opportunity, especially to just take advantage of all the things that your dog can kind of, to move you into next, I think. So that's great. You have it set up. Yeah. So Cheryl, where can we uh, 
get your book, Leashes and Lovers? You can find everything right on the leashesandlovers.com website. And then the book itself, too, is in the menu there. It says get the book or you'll see events um, or how to make a profile. But in the book itself, too, is at leashesandlovers.com backslash the book. And I even did a little video trailer so you get an idea of what the book is about and who's in it. And a lot of the quotes in the, from the videos that you see are right in the book themselves. Well, that sounds so much fun. You have you actually have a good time. I think Nicholas and I are due for another trip to New York just so that we can hang out with you. There you go. That would be great. (laughs) I would love that anytime. (laughs) Awesome, Cheryl. Well, thank you so much. This has been great. And for more information about social meetups or where to buy the book Leashes and Lovers, uh, that website once again to log on to is leashesandlovers.com. So that's it for Travel Tales. And for more information on today's show or just about traveling with Fido, you can pick up a copy of Fido Friendly Magazine at Borders, Barnes & Nobles, Hastings, or simply go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. You can check out our blog at blog.fidofriendly.com. Until next time, travel safe and leave no dog behind. This is Nicholas Bezlowski and Susan Sims for Travel Tales on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio presents Travel Tales, the show where you'll get great travel ideas on perfect places for you and your pet. From Paris to paradise, south of the border to the South Seas, Travel Tales will give you cool tips on fun vacation destinations to travel with your pet, pet-friendly hotels, and advice on how to travel safely and happily with your furry best friends. So get ready to pack the bags and the bones with your Travel Tales hosts, Susan Sims and Nicholas Fezlowski, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.